Let's try this one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's cute that you think we'll only do this once more. It is a thing forever. Welcome back to chapter 2000 of Slow Claps and Rewrites. (laughs) I watched my life waste away before me. I've accomplished none of my goals I've laid out in our annual New Year's specials. I'm a shell of a man. Well, on that lovely note... Happy uh, New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year, Dan. How's 2019 treating you? I had to write that for the first time, and I was like, this is weird. Well, um, I feel like 2019 has just been slowly stepping on my throat. But I, I think I've got a hand underneath the boot now. And you don't think it's going to curb stomp you? I don't think. I, well, it hasn't asked me to bite the curb yet. But Ooh, okay, I feel like well, it might ask sometimes. There soon. is hope. January is not over, though. Upon listening to our last our last uh, New Year's cast, uh, I it was funny because I talk about how excited I am because I'm officially friends with your sister. Mm-hmm. I'm still officially friends with your sister. I've actually seen your sister more this year than I've seen you. Uh, and then we also debate for like three minutes if I should grow my hair out. And uh, guys, I know you've been wondering for the last year, but I did grow my hair out because I'm lazy. It looks fabulous. Uh, it doesn't really. It's nice that you say that, but it's uh, it's more it's it's an attainable level of laziness for me. And I, I don't look like a hot mess. I hope that by this time next year, your hair is so long that people mistake you for uh, uh, a sister wife. <laughs> you know what I'm hoping is I'm just, I just I, I just call it quits and I just start shaving my head. How very Britney of you. I like it. I know, right? Uh, 2020, the year Dare shaves her head. Ooh. Uh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and you know what 2020 will be? The start of the Roaring Twenties. Uh, yes. Uh, so clearly I I was listening to our old podcast, which I don't think I ever listened to when it came out. Really? So I was like, well, this is, were this you, is interesting. Were, was, was something going on in your life? Did you have a lot I of think, stuff happening? I think there were a lot of things going on in my life. And you know what? Another year and still lots of things. You, you think every year that it's like, no. Things are gonna calm down. You were super sick, by the way. I was. You, yeah. You were like, "Don't make me laugh. I'm gonna start hacking," and then you oh, left it, yeah. and you ended the podcast because you're like, "I need a nap." Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we like to think that each year it means that our life is getting easier, but really, it's not. I think the challenges change, and I think it's good to recognize that. But Dan, we're gonna talk about what the best and worst writing things of uh, of 2018. What we felt were good, what we thought sucked. Maybe maybe some attainable goals. Maybe let's not call them resolutions, but goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so Dan, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say if you could if you could. Find a quote out of the ether that represented your 2018. What would it be? I would say the quote that sums up my 2018 is not not a great quote, um, but one that I think has echoed throughout history since it was first uttered, which was not this year, but in recent memory. Um because few things have touched our lives like the source of this quote has. But I feel like my expectations for 2018 and how 2018 ended up could only be described with a quote from the ineffable Charlie Day. Wild card, bitches! (laughs) That's how I feel about this year. 100% not what I was expecting. Well, there you go. You caught me off guard there. Thank you. I um, I was scanning through things that my favorite authors said this year, and was like, or or just favorite author quotes in general, and I was like, none of this, none of this feels right. So, well, now you're making me feel stupid. 
hey, you don't need to feel stupid. I'm the one who's been scrolling through Stephen King's Twitter feed looking for something I thought, to say. I, I thought you were like, you don't need me to feel stupid. No, no. <laughs> um, well, I mean, my 2018 can be summed up by the, uh, the brilliant William Barclay. There are two great days in a person's life, the day we are born and the day we discover why. Yeah, that's a lot better. It's a lot better than what no, I said. It's not really, but I mean, <laughs> I think that's been a lot of my year. It's just sort of, it's been a lot of self-reflection for, for Ola Adair. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, I was just letting you self-reflect in that moment. Yeah, no, I mean, like, that was that was some good reflection. Thanks for that. I love pauses that I don't feel like editing out, where it's like, no, that's an earned pause. We need that there. The audience is going to gasp or self-reflect themselves. Are you drinking a beer? Cider. Nice. In a glass, like a classy lass. How would you say you succeeded this year? What were some things where you were like, hey, hey, goals. Hey, ideal me. Hey, future plans. Going to get a little closer to you. Um, I think goal-wise, a lot of it is actually on that self-reflection. I think I, in certain ways, I'm challenging more the expectations I've put on myself and what that means about me. And I don't think, I think for a long time, especially living in Seattle, life was so quick and constant and busy. It was just, it was busy and I felt inundated constantly with like content and conversation and not saying these are bad things, but you don't have a lot of time to just sit and reflect about what you're doing, what you could do better, who you are, who you want to be, like where you're seeing yourself, like do you like this version of yourself? And maybe the answers aren't always easy, but I got a lot more of that. I wrote a lot more consistently. I have genuine passion for the things I am writing. I They're slower than I want, but, you know, I think that means the fact that I stick with them, I feel means it's been worth it for me. And so uh, I, I would say like there's not that I don't think it's the quantity kind of goal. Like I haven't gotten all these goals checked off, but I think the quality of the achievement feels better for me this year than it has in a long time. You're, Doesn't you're mean it coming in in a better space than where you started. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's all easy. It doesn't mean it's all done. It just means I, it's like you're about to go skydiving and you've got the parachute on and it's better than you go skydiving and you jump out of the plane and you've got nothing. <laughs> so I, I guess that's that's how I see 2019 is it, I am... I'm about to jump out of something and things will work out one way or another. But I can't really guarantee what I'm going to be doing come this time next year. Like, I don't know what that's going to mean. But there you go. That's that's my uh, that's my my ta- my hot takes on that. Yeah. So, Dan, how how do you feel coming out of 2018, gliding into 2019 like you're Tom Cruise in Risky Business? I have the exact How are you feeling? opposite feeling that you do, whereas instead of feeling like I'm overall in a better headspace and moving towards things in a really nice way, I feel like I did some stuff, like tangible, specific, cross-offable list-type goals like I applied to a thing, I wrote two scripts, I lost some weight. Like I did some specific physical things, but I have fallen back, uh, especially in the last probably three months, into what I hated most about previous years, which is something I recently coined as self-loathing. It's where you're self-loathing on the couch, either drinking or recovering from the hangover from drinking, looking at your phone to distract yourself or trying to watch something because you feel so discouraged, but you don't want to, I don't know, acknowledge it or tackle it or work on it. 
So self-loathing, <laughs> loafing. I, li- I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, not that you're doing it, but I like the word. Right. Thank you. I was I was happy with that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I th- I think that's a that's a good way to go. Yeah, it's a good way but to go. I, it was wow. a good year for me. I you know I wrote. It feels like it was a very good year. I wrote two. I wrote two scripts that I am actually. I'm rewriting one now for another contest, but it's uh, they were good just to me. I just keep refreshing my inbox, waiting for that script. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll happen. It'll happen soon. Um, it better. Maybe tonight, actually, when we're done with this, I've got, I got nothing but time. Yeah, no work for you. Yeah, I'm a lazy sack of shit. Um, but. Uh, you know, and losing some weight, saving a bunch of money, like things adjacent to, like I did, I wrote really hard for the first six months of this year and the the back half, I have not done very well, um, like at all. A lot of passion uh, projects have fizzled. A lot of things that I thought were sure have gone nowhere. Um and it's just a, a little bit of a stumbling block where I, I still feel really good when I write, but I'm having a hard time motivating myself to write. But so far in 2019, I have written every single day, which is only a week, but that's okay. Um, and I've read from a physical book because I get into this habit of like, I read today, I read of several articles. I read a scientific study summary. Well, I just read the, the headline, but still. Um, do you talk that way, though, when you're talking I about do. reading? I do. Good for you me. Get, you g- Going to bed, I feel so good about all my reading I did. That's... Ooh, and you do the, the little R roll. Nice. I always roll my R's because... You're fancy. It's not even fancy. It's it's pleasurable. Like, it's it's just an immediate visceral pleasure to roll an R. I'll, I'll take your word for it. So, Dan, what I'm kind of getting from you is, like... For you, you build up this momentum and you go and you go and you go. But then when you hit that wall, rather than kind of going up, it it sort of stops you for a bit. Yeah. And then you and then you kind of eventually you're able to back up a little bit and then go forward. But I think with uh, with your you have a very different energy than I do when it comes to the creative process where I think I'm like I'm sort of that. Uh, maybe like a tree frog or something where I'm like kind of slowly no I'm a sloth I'm a sloth that is what I am I'm like slowly crawling towards the wall but that way when I get to the wall it's just like it's there and it sucks and it takes me a little bit of time and then I kind of fall off and tumble off the wall but then I keep going Uh, that that old fable the the sloth the and the hair? S- uh, no. Hedgehog? The, Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, the sloth and Sonic the Hedgehog. And then back, it goes back and you yep. roll. And I lose all my coins. <laughs> yep. Rings. Yes. I'm so sorry. Rings. <laughs> if Clark ever listens to this episode. Well, he did just listen to our Aquaman review, so he's... Oh, did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's I like, became abundantly aware that he never has listened. Now, oh, what did he say about our Aquaman review? It was good. He liked it, and you might go oh. see Aquaman now. Well, good for him. There's $5 for you, Mr. James Wan, courtesy of our podcast. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I was was listening to that. It, well, actually just started playing after our our New Year's podcast came on because it was like, oh, you were listening to this? Do you want to hear these fools now talk about Aquaman? And I'm like, I did that days ago (laughs) when I was talking. Um creatively beyond like writing are you feeling like you're you've got any big goals for this next year do you feel like you achieved the goals you wanted with like the production company and some all of that some some um yeah the company's growing uh i feel good about where we're at a lot of things need to happen um in the near future and it's going to be a a team effort I think the company's going to go through a really interesting year this next year. I think this is when we start to hopefully pull in a little money and really try to ramp things up. Um, But we'll see. 
I I'm optimistic. I think we did great stuff this year. Our consistency, our quality, everything is improved. I mean, you've got a new board member. Like, yeah, that's, right. I mean, that Huge. seems like things have improved a lot. Oh, since drastically, then, right? drastically. <laughs> uh, no, but no, I I think it's it's fun to sort of see personal projects kind of expand into these group projects that also can expand into a company. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool to see. And I think each year as you get to, now it's year three. We're coming up February. Exciting to see what happens. I know. I've got my own goals for that this year. Yes. Um, yeah, outside of, outside of the writing, it'll be that, um, possibly some voiceover stuff, um, other acting opportunities. Um, so we'll see. Um, this year's Christmas special especially gave me new energy for wanting to do different types of things, um, kind of breaking with our general pop culture commentary sort of thing we have going on, which is wonderful and I love, don't get me wrong. I just have other parts of me that are thinking, oh, but what about something like this? Or what about something like this? So I think there's much work to be done with the company. Um since last year, I wrote two scripts. This year, I want to write four scripts. Um, and and I've got some real specific comic book goals as well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It looks like you're on that a good path, though, for all of that. I hope so. It's very so. exciting. I'm, you know, it's very exciting. I'm going to try and endear myself to people and make things happen and probably start a new career in a specific industry thing that we'll talk about more later. But... Perhaps maybe even physically move to a new place. Who knows? Who's to, who's to say? I am. I'm moving back to New York. <laughs> Yay! Hooray! I'm so excited to see you back in New York. My soul is dying here. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, left behind a lot of good collaborators, good friends, and like some, some people who feel like family. Um, came back to like actual family, which... Whew, but you're like, there's a reason I moved away. Exactly. No one teach my mother how to listen to podcasts. No one. I just could see Austin knocking on, on your mom's door the day you leave. Hi. Hey, bu- <laughs> hey buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Boy. Nope. That would not be good. Nope. Nope. nope, nope. nope. All right. Well, Dan. Well, Dare. We can talk about some uh, specific goals we have for the next year if we wish later on, but let's talk about the best things that we encountered this year. Our top five in writing. Dan, find some fanfare music to put in right here. Good job, Dan. Whether whether it be whether it be books or scripts or TV or film, I, I it was funny because last year I, I definitely had a little bit more of an eclectic thing. I think I'm, I think I may have, I know I think the book got knocked out. I think the book got knocked out. Yeah, the book got knocked out. Um, so it's all. I have no books as it's well. All, well, last year I had a few. I, I was. I know. I was littered with books. Um, but this year, shows and movies, shows and movies. So, uh, Dan, I would love to hear what your number five favorite example of writing was. Uh, the Good Place. Oh, on NBC. God, you suck. I didn't even think about The Good Place. And this is the thing that I do love about this podcast is last year, you threw me a curveball with Big Sick, but it wasn't a curveball. I just didn't. Think of it, because there was so much good writing. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love this this podcast for the fact that I get to I think about new things. I would like to specifically call out um, the most recent oh. episode before their hiatus. Uh, this is season three, episode nine, Janet's. Uh, this was, I got to find it to make sure. Yes, this was written by Josh Siegel and Dylan Morgan. And it is a wonderful deep canon episode. They really get into the nitty gritty of the afterlife, but it just shows the exceptional creativity of this cast and truly the talent of Darcy Carden on display is 
spectacular. Like, I, it is such I a do good hope next award season this particular episode gets her gets her some notice for maybe a, for maybe an Emmy for Best Supporting Actress. Hundred percent. Like she's she, just she deserves she's it all just the way. Brilliant. I mean, to think she came from being Bill Hader's nanny to here. Um, no, absolutely <laughs> love her. Absolutely love her. And it's just it's it's wonderful. Um, Adair, what was your number? My five? number five was eighth grade. Bo Burnham. Who'd have thunk it? I mean, actually, I would have thunk it. Like Bo Burnham has a very sweet sensibility in a lot of ways, and just wrote something that both delighted and hurt and that is it it was such a bittersweet film and like having been an awkward eighth grader like there was just a really beautiful thing and I mean acted so wonderfully by Elsie Fisher like so wonderfully but uh I really do think the Oscars will sort of give them the credit they deserve I'm not sure I th- I feel like Elsie Fisher might uh, and Bo Burnham might be at least given uh best original screenplay and actress like I think for noms like I I mean I I I would be very sad if at least the screenplay was not uh given a nod because it was just it was something really special and that's that's well, that's he- a lot he finally fulfilled the promise of what I would say is one of, if not his best vine. You know, have you seen any of Bo Burnham's vines? No, I, I, I will say you could basically say, have you seen any blanks vines? And the answer is no, I never watched vines. Oh, I only watch vine compilations. I only got into vine once vine died. Oh, yeah. But so no. Bo Burnham has a phenomenal vine where he is sitting at the keyboard jamming out. And he says, is there anything better than pussy? Yes, a really good book. I like that. I like that. All right, well, so uh, with that beautiful segue, Dan, what's your number four? My number four this year is going to be A Quiet Place. That's mine too for number four. Oh, we had no. They're going to hear us. Um, They will hear us. What's funny is in the last ep- in our last New Year's episode we didn't have any overlap. So number two, we we're already overlapping. So let's just talk about how great that movie is. And especially considering the screenplay broke a lot of rules. People trying to break into screenwriting are often chastised for Oh, well, you can't write it like that. It has to look this way on the page. Or, oh, this is the way everybody does it. This script had different sizes and styles of fonts. It had visual inserts. It's written in such a way to really convey. How quiet do, it is. <laughs> well, to, to, to be a blueprint for a movie. Yeah, no. And that's why it got picked up. Not because, oh, you can't make any noise. Yeah, that's a that's a premise. But... The script communicated the impending dread in a way that got it made, I think, and that's good yeah, writing. Yeah, I think, I think how I the one thing I've said about it to someone who hasn't seen it is John Krasinski was an architect of something really beautiful. And yes, there were things that I didn't like about it, which is that it's number mm-hmm. four. Um, but I thought it was really, really well constructed. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. You are not wrong. All right. Well, Dan, what's your number three? My number three is The Haunting of Hill House. Never watched it. Tell me about it. Tell me what you liked about oh. this. Oh. So what I liked about it was oftentimes when people binge watch a show, there's some sort of hook or there's some sort of something that compels you to keep watching because it's like, oh, it's only eight episodes, only seven episodes. There goes my weekend, you know. Uh, I didn't quite consume this one at that same rate, but it was very much, do we have time for one more? Do we have time for one more? Um, Part of it was the characters, the character design, their homogeny as siblings, but their fracturedness as different people. There is an episode called 
Look at that you. neck lady. Look, look at you with the uh, with all the notes. I love it. Sorry. Yeah, I was I was editing uh, a different show today, and as I as I was waiting for a filter to run over something, I was like, I'm gonna be super prepared. Look at you on everything except for my quote, apparently. Um, <laughs> I liked it, but the the episode "Bent Neck Lady," which was written by Meredith. Averill, Averill, um, it's a great episode with one of the best mid-season reveals. Oh, I know the reveal. Well, you, it's it sucks that it was spoiled for the, you. Oh, the whole series was spoiled for me. Um, so I know, <sighs> so still, I know. Everything. I think it's still worth. Oh, your I time. will still watch it. I just need to be in like a place where I'm like, oh yeah, I can watch something that's kind of scary. Um, I I did love hearing that, like in retrospect, that the five children represent the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like such an interesting thing because it's never like outwardly stated, but that's the kind of detail to writing that I do really enjoy. And it was a tour de force performance. Um. By Carla uh, Gugino. Gugini or Gugini. The mom from Spy Kids. The mom. The mom from from um, all things. Yeah, Sally Jupiter, Silk Spectre from Watchmen. Yes. Uh, (laughs) She also did a great job this year in Gerald's Game. Well, I guess. Did that come out this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it was so liberating watching this show like i don't have anywhere near this kind of family trauma but to see family trauma explored in this way with the supernatural twist it really added stakes in a way that like transparent uh really went into past family trauma hard in their most recent season and it didn't work for me the same way because it was it was imagined sort of fantasy but their stakes didn't feel real this just felt i love the color palette i love the visual effects i i really love the pace of this piece and they have uh, another great episode two storms that has one of the best family fights i've ever seen on and and having Having had some doozies myself, like where shit gets thrown, um, this is top notch. Top I'm notch. I'm intrigued. I think I think you'd appreciate it from a craft perspective. Well, I look I uh, look forward to it. What was your number three this year? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two. Nice. Uh, particularly the episode because I want to I want to I want to be as good as you in this. Uh, vote for Kennedy. Vote for Kennedy. Episode nine. Mm-hmm. That cafe scene mm-hmm. like made a person I know who is not a huge Amy Sherman Palladino fan like just stop and pay attention and just I mean like such a I mean just it was really lovely I also liked uh, Midnight at the Concord uh, just mm-hmm. because that was just such I, I remember texting you during it um, and there, it was just such a all, st- all the stakes in that and just uncomfortable but wonderful all at once and so i mean just uh, i was a little nervous about the second season i was glad it got it came up and got picked up and i was but i was i was a little nervous because like where do you go from that first season but i really loved it like i love the introduction of zachary levi as a character um i i thought there uh, there were a lot of just like side characters that were great the see this oh the episodes in France were just like such a fun oh. little juxtaposition of their life in New York. And I really did love getting to see uh, Tony Shalhoub in in <laughs> that calisthenics outfit. That was that was that made my 2018. He's he's pretty wonderful. He is pretty wonderful. He's some kind of wonderful. Uh, what about you, Dan? What's your what's your number? What? Where are we at? Number two. two number now. two. Yeah. What's your number two? My number two is Into the Spider Verse mm. for handling an extremely comic booky premise and putting it forward in a way that mass audiences from small kids 
to adults could understand. Like, it's the most comic booky movie that came out this year. I think more so than Aquaman, more so than Ant-Man and the Wasp, more so than Black Panther, and more so than Infinity War. It asks the most of its audience to be like, hey, multiple dimensions, multiple Earths, different versions of the same character. You dig? And they executed it. And, uh, you know, and Sony's put the script up for consideration um, in their awards push. Um, so it's available online. Mm-hmm. Thank and you for sending it to it's me. A gorgeous script it does so much and gives so much of that blueprint like it really really yeah i appreciate it. when you sent that to me and that's i agree like it is it, it i haven't seen many scripts that have impressed me that much yeah it's it's a it's a very well executed blueprint yeah it's not, not just for like even a, like a cartoon it is just a no, well just ge- executed blueprint yeah. for a film it's great mm-hmm I had very little that I didn't like about that movie. It had me in its thrall the entire time, but now being able to read the script and have distance from it, I, st- I think it is exceptionally well-written. I agree. Fully. What's your number two there, Jeter? Sorry to bother you. Boots Riley. Uh, wonderful movie. It is a movie that when I first saw it, so I had such high expectations for it, and I saw it, and I liked it, but there's, there's I mean, have you seen it? Uh, it's on It's on my to-do okay. list. Well, um, there's a twist in it that I didn't anticipate, and that's all I'll say. I mean, you, there's no way you would guess it without someone ruining it for you. So, I mean, so I think it took me out of, like, my comfort zone in a way from what I thought it was going to be. And so when I finished the film, I was like, oh, okay. But then I, upon re-watching it, I'm like, oh, like, there's just something really wonderful and new and unique, and this is just not a boring script. And so maybe it's not the most technically sophisticated, but it is It is just delightful and fascinating. And I have to give it, like, massive points for that. And I thought it was, like, a very well-performed film. Army Hammer is, uh, is a very interesting version of himself in this. And, of course, you know, my love of... Tessa Thompson and Lakeith Stanfield. So, I mean, not much. Can, and uh, uh, Glenn from from Walking Dead is in it, playing a very un-Glenn like character. Uh, so yeah, the anti-Glenn. The anti-Glenn. No, I mean he's he's just sort of a he's good. And Terry Crews has a fun little cameo. Um, well, it's not really a cameo. He's Terry he's Cruz. in like three scenes, but uh, yeah, I mean ve- he's the uncle, yeah, right? Uncle. Um, so very a very interesting. A very interesting concept and I think like just it did a lot for me and it's it's one of those ones that it it's grown to a point over the last year or like several months since I've seen it that I'm just like this is just I'm never gonna not like I'm never gonna forget this I'm always gonna come back to thinking about this when I like write things because it's just that's that's awesome because that's an arresting piece yeah it's and there's no way I can really explain it. And I mean, it might not hit you the way it hit me because I think there are just certain movies that hit us in different ways and they get to us in certain ways. And sometimes it takes a while and it's like a slow infection of your body. And sometimes it just like hits you like a brick wall. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, you have those movies sometimes. And that was one for me. What is your number one, Dan? My number one is Steven Universe. Steven Universe this year blew us out of the water. Fandom has very high expectations for this show. It is the most sophisticated child programming on TV at this time. Beautifully animated, incredibly voice acted. Two episodes specifically, um, Reunited and Made of Honor, M-A-D-E. Both had huge payoffs that, uh, if you don't watch the show... They'd be kind of like, oh, okay. But the way they executed and handled things, and they do a brilliant job in this show of turning um, male-driven action-adventure cartoons and uh, magical girl anime-style stuff on its head. And more often than not, conflicts are resolved through understanding and empathy than physical violence. And when facing their greatest threat... 
there was fantastic action and an amazing fight. But the way they won was through understanding and empathy. And it was so beautifully realized and incredibly executed. And it took the show. Every time I think I know where it's going, it moves the it moves the ball. And it's it's been an incredible thing to watch. And whenever it's coming to a close, I will have a party to watch the final episode. Like it is exceptionally good storytelling that's funny and moving and reminds me of why I want to act, why well, why I act, why I write, why I want to create things, which is to have an impact on people. Um and to give people those bench posts, those childhood memories, those those markers in their lives, those stories that you remember. Like, I remember Community as the show I watched in college. Not in college, in college, but sometimes. Um, and I will remember this show as meaning so much to me in this post-college, pre-parent, figuring my fucking life out thing. And that's very much what that show is about on some levels, is identity. It's a hugely about identity and how you're made versus how you want to be. And it is one, one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. And I continue to love every minute of it. Well, perhaps... 2019 will be the year I start really watching that because I think I start I watched like three episodes like three of the 15 minute like episodes one time on a whim but maybe this year I will have a Twitter experiment where I I just like go through it and then we'll have finally have something to talk about (laughs) uh well, it's on the Hulu there waiting for you with open I know. Arms. Well, the thing is it pops up on my Hulu all the time because who's using my fucking Hulu? You. You. I, I don't know. Yulu. Yulu. <laughs> Not Hulu. Yulu. Yulu. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, it is. That, that was yeah, every good. once in a while I'm like, what has Dan been watching? Because you're the only one that. Recently, it's been the Orville. <laughs> I know. I, it's been suggested to me several times. Um, don't tell Cameron. Um, I will. I saw that you guys watched your first movie, though. I'm very excited to listen to that episode. We've watched uh, two. Oh, well, I saw the uh, first. I've, I right. got the first notification. Right. Yes. Today's episode was the the first movie. A, and then a simple commoners who aren't editing it. <laughs> well, but we're going to record the third movie on Thursday. And uh, apparently the third movie sucks. So I'm really I've looking heard, forward to it. I've heard tell. Mm-hmm. Of, of the and second. then Maya's going to guest star for the fourth movie. Nice. Can I come on when you guys do a, a revamped Star Trek way, way, way in the future? Yeah, sure. We'll see where we're at in 10 years. <laughs> true, 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 true. All right. Well, uh, you already, t- yeah, I obviously don't watch Steven Universe, so uh, my number one is Into the Spider-Verse. We don't need to discuss it further. It's amazing. <laughs> um but yeah so let's do you started the the best and so i'll start the worst on uh, number three worst thing three is a little netflix series called insatiable that i watched over a weekend and it was real real weird it's like a little bit drop dead gorgeous a little bit of heathers um just like yeah, I mean, had some really interesting context of things and had a really the concept was interesting. Very unlikable characters in certain ways, but uh I have to say as far as like sexuality goes, there were some interesting character developments, so I got to give it that that it wasn't the worst thing I've seen, but because I did like this idea of there's this person who is struggling with their two people who are struggling with their sexuality on the show, one of whom really loves their best friend but isn't really sure they're like gay. They just love this one person, so they're like, "Can you be gay if that's the only person?" And it's like that whole, which is an interesting idea and not a commonly discussed thing because I feel like a lot of times when characters come in like that and they have a crush on like their best friend it's very much that they're gay and like there's that boundary being set and then the other person being a 
a person that kind of seems a little effeminate, but then uh, through the course of the series ends up as bisexual um, and also very, like, confused about their relationships and their life because they kind of blow up their own life and but still want parts of it. And so, I mean, not not uh, just a really fucking weird show. Um, just the continuity, not great. The character development felt very stunted in a lot of ways. Not, I mean, it wasn't like a anti-hero thing. There wasn't a lot of likability. But, I mean, it was compelling enough that I watched all of it. So I'll give it that. And that's all I'll give it. What's your number three? <laughs> You're a lot nicer to yours than I am to mine. A Wrinkle in Time. Mm. Uh, it was a waste of my time. And <laughs> I will not watch it again for any sum of money. All right. <laughs> my number two, another Netflix series, Fuller House, which is a show that I have watched every single episode of. This is this. Why do you hate yourself? I don't dare? know. And it is this weird practice of when it comes out, I just sort of watch it like I'm watching a car accident and watching the flames. And for me, I think part of it is like I look at it and I'm like, I can write better than this. And so maybe it's like to pull myself up. But there, there's just certain moments I listen to it with my, my earbuds in so no one around me has to deal with that trauma as well so right. apparently when i talk to myself when i'm watching it it's very weird it's, it's apparently very weird um so yeah uh fuller house more like full of shit there you go my tagline oh nice all right dan what's your number two speaking of shit my number two is a netflix original mute Oh, God, I forgot about Mute. I blocked Mute. I hate Mute. I want to put I it on I Mute. I couldn't finish it. It was dedicated it's, to David Bowie, too, which is I so know, sad. which I know his son directed it, but I'm like, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. I mean, this no. was definitely the year of Justin Theroux with Theroux. weird wigs. That's what it was that's how i'll remember it and that and like sin babe 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about my number one now okay okay babe uh all right my number one is this is a film this is a film that i almost walked out of about five times and it is called life itself and now, why did you hate Life Itself? I haven't seen why it. Why <laughs> didn't I hate it? Um, it is awful. It is awful. It is emotional terrorism. It is trying so hard. There's like one actor, one or two actors were in it, like where I was just like, oh. But like, it just, it's just a trash fire. And then when you find out like all this horrible stuff happened, and so that like these two people eventually end up together. There's just like and then you see none of their relationship and you just find out like, well, eventually like two all this horrible shit happens to and eventually the children of like all this demolished humanity meet up and get married and that's the uh, and have children and that's the narrator's fam parents or grandparents like that's the only reason but like you don't get to see you there's no payoff because you don't see them fall in love you don't see them you don't see any of the good stuff you just see all this shit that's happened in their lives to oh. to make them basically hey and like there's also this whole thing about like the unreliable narrator and i kind of wanted to be like yeah you're an unreliable narrator why do i want to listen to this shit <laughs> um no it's awful it's awful and i mean i hate that they do talk about the unreliable narrator and how life itself is an unreliable narrator Boo. <clears throat> um hate it i hate when they do that because i actually like unreliable don't say the name of the thing and the thing yeah, don't do the thing and the thing and the thing um but i I love unreliable narrators, and I hated this film. I have out, gone out of my way to tell anyone 
that they should not see this movie. Don't see it. Don't see it. There are moments, and like at the beginning, the first like 25 minutes, like you're supposed to be invested in this couple, but you're like not invested in this couple because you're not really sure what happens. You're just not sure that they're together. You just don't know that they're, if they're together anymore. And then you think like some other stuff happened and then it's just awful. And you're like for the first 25, 30 minutes, you're like, what is real? Like, what is real? Because you get all these different versions of, like, this reality of, like, oh, they're this happy couple, they're this happy couple. Wait, she left him. Wait, but they weren't a happy couple, but they weren't a happy couple. And then she left him. Oh, wait. No, she didn't leave him. Oh, no, wait. Shit got really bad. Okay. It's awful. It's awful. Sorry. I'm done talking about it. I don't want to talk about it ever again. Good night. Um, what's your number one, Dan? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. King- Kingdom? I, Kingdom. Kingdom style. King, a, a Kingdom gown. Um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <sighs> I think that it's hard to make me angry when I'm watching dinosaurs eating people, but the character stupidity the relationships that meant nothing and the shoehorning of bad idea after bad idea to try and make just for like you can see hey we have an idea for this shot or this thing to happen now let's find terrible reasons for that to be the case and it just the whole thing just felt insulting whereas a wrinkle in time was an unfortunately bad movie where i was like okay well i'm never watching that again this made me angry because i'm like you had gold bloom on set for a couple of days and this is all you could do this is all you and could I do and i feel like I, they showed yeah. you a lot of the like dinosaurs in the real world too in the trailer and so it was also just like so you're kind of just wondering wait what happened and then it's like when that ends up being the reveal it's just like no well then what was the point no and also chris pratt and bryce dallas howard when will you learn you shouldn't be in a relationship if you only thrive in chaos i just get routinely upset about the whole thing that's fair that's fair because it's watching a beloved franchise die a slow death. Now, granted, there I, I maintain there are no good sequels to the original. It's a it's a phenomenal movie, and everything they've done since has been like okay. We but, know you love this, so you'll come to a theater, right? It's like quit going to these islands. <laughs> Just stop it. When will you learn that B.D. Wong is not a good guy? Well, those were the best and the worst of 2018 for us. But what would we rewrite, Dan? What would we rewrite? Well, we wouldn't rewrite it because I want to write Solo. Nice. I was almost going to do Solo, and then I was like, I think Dan would want to rewrite Solo. And so I it's, I went it, it, against it yeah. for, for yeah. you because I was like, if we both do it again... Then we have to be one of those co-writing teams, and that's garbage. Even in it's fictional garbage. land, I don't want to be your partner. I know. Rice and Crary. Mm, I like it. Kind of sounds like a like a, a vegan dish. Crary rice. Crary rice. <laughs> Did you eat some crary, nice rice? crary yeah, rice? Yeah, no, I mean, I reheated mm. my crary rice. You got, a little, you got a little crary rice in your teeth there. Um no, Solo had good moments, things that I actually thoroughly enjoyed, and a lot of unnecessary stuff, some strange things, but there were some good bones that I would keep, and I just would like to get in there, roll up my sleeves, and make the perfect Han Solo story. I agree, I think, and I think you could. Now, for me, it's not a movie that I was particularly uh, invested in, but I saw that the bones were good, and a franchise, it would be inevitable if I could rewrite it and do it right. And that is Ocean's 8. Mm, yes. I I didn't really... It needs your help, I mean, Adair. It needs your help. It does help. need my help. And uh, I would maybe be doing a little bit of ca- casting switches. But I think, in general, really good bones, really good cast. Um, but there were just certain people that weren't necessary. So, honestly, maybe it needs to be an Ocean 7. 
Um, it gives me another movie for the franchise too. Uh, yeah. So, so with uh, it was it was very interesting in certain aspects. There were some really fun choices, but it needed a lot of a lot of changes too. I I do think God bless Anne Hathaway for just accepting her role as the villain in this world. I think I I yeah. loved Anne Hathaway in that movie. I just think their plan was bonkers. Yeah, I mean they were like, but what women love jewelry and the Met Ball. So obviously this is what the first female heist. The thing is, what they need to do is go completely opposite because you know when you have women like that's an a ball is I don't go with like the cliche like the guys robbed a casino like don't go cliche female tropes do something different mm-hmm. yeah right steal the declaration of independence <laughs> um it's got a treasure map on it Adair. I mean, that's it, that's worth some money um but yeah so interesting and also uh i would i would have had sandra bullock and uh uh kate blanchett as a couple do it. Be bold. Make I it happen. I am bold. I am bold and I am beautiful. All right. So You're a cover girl. That's easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Sorry. Um, all right. So, Dan, that's those are our rewrites. Any final goals? Any final wishes? Any th- Anything you're really excited for for 2019? Losing these last 10 pounds. Putting on some muscle. Putting on some brain muscle by reading more physical books because I've gotten gross about it and getting back on track with four scripts this year. Count them. One, two, three, four filmic or TV scripts in addition to whatever comic book stuff happens. I don't want to be a cheater and be like, well, I wrote a comic script. No. Like, I'm going to do a bunch bunch of garbage. Yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you. How about you? Specifics. Uh, finish my first my my first draft of my my fiction novel. Yeah. yeah. Right. Three of the series of children's books I'm working on, and get like find an artist and like lay it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, finally, post up my 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 website that I've been thinking about doing and like tinkering with, and just like never fully like hitting the nail on the head with that. Yeah. And producing. My first podcast that I will not be hosting or anything, but being sole producer. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, I'm very excited. I actually have my first meeting about that. I have a, I have a, I have a meeting. So uh, possibly, Secret Weapon will have a new podcast if I can, if I can get this, this going. I'm very excited about it. As well, you should be. Yeah, Adair, I think things are looking up as we race towards the roaring 20s i mean yeah i think i think really it's a sprint at this point mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. well dan i i appreciate you you were a highlight of my 2018 oh thank you i have enjoyed this rotation around the earth around the sun not around the earth around the sun like with that's you. i'm like what are we doing are we living on the moon um nope. we're doing uh we're doing around the world in 80 days uh, ready set Go. Call on Jackie Chan. Who? A secret weapon production.